This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 20th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Yuri Perez dominated the Dodgers. Everything you'd ever want. Six innings, zero runs, two hits, zero walks in 10Ks, 22 whips, 39% CSW. Here in a golden goal here. Yeah, this was everything you want from Yuri Perez, right? It was a... 30% swing strike rate on the slider. Curve had a ridiculous 58% CSW. His four-seamer, 80% strikes, and the changeup was pretty much shelved. That's not a good pitch. We don't want that. It's all about command, of course, and I hope that we can keep seeing that with Yuri Perez. Keep in mind, in previous starts, it's really just four-seamer slider, and to see that curve step up is a great thing. This is because the Dodgers It's all good, and to see 90 pitches and not 80 is really cool, too. It's just a matter of consistency, really, and obviously we're going to keep starting Yuri Perez. It's likely not to be repeated in this way, but, you know, this is great, and we hope that it does continue. Jake Irvin surprised us against the Phillies. Six innings of zero and runs, five hits, two walks, and seven Ks. 42% CSW on his curveball they threw over a third of the time, while the four-seamer and sinker each sat over 95 miles per hour. And the thing I've been saying about Jake Irvin is that he needs a third pitch that he can really trust in, right? He has these two fastballs I call kind of one match thing. And then the curveball, and there needs to be something else that really pushes him over the edge. What I haven't really considered is a start like this, where Jake Irvin's able to make it actually a triangle that is four seamers upstairs, plus sinker's arm side and curveball's glove side, and actually using them in three different ways. If that is what he does, maybe there is something to squeeze out of this, and he does get the Marlins for the next two games. Also, having that velocity at 95 up to 96, even 95.5 on that four-seamer, is, of course, very good for Jake Irvin, who was around 93 and change at the beginning of the year. So I'm very curious to see if this does stick around for Jake Irvin. I still want to see like a slider involved here, maybe a change-up. Uh, we'll see over time, but this is kind of interesting, and maybe this does work as he gets the Marlins for two straight. Uh, with Arizona as a bullpen game, Bryce Jarvis won 3.2 innings without a strikeout, so no thank you. Caleb Ferguson also opened. Uh, it was for Ryan Papillo with the, the Dodgers, and he actually did really good. Um, he did great things with five innings of one run ball, five strikeouts. His slider went six for six, uh, 16 whiffs. His changeup, which has been known as his best pitch for a while, but has been very inconsistent, 67% strikes. Really good to see that as he got lots of outs on it. And the four-seamer at 94 mile per hour surely isn't really that great, but it had a 39% CSW. 
I liked it from Papillo. I do wonder if you're going to see more of it now that Gonsolin is on the IL. So Papillo might be someone that you do want to consider picking up as it is such a good situation with the Dodgers. And here's Julio Urias against the Marlins as well as a doubleheader. We had three different sets of doubleheaders yesterday because of Hurricane Hillary today. Um, you have seven innings, one and run, five hits, zero walks, and five Ks. And of course, everybody, please stay safe inside of uh, Los Angeles. Treat this like a proper threat. Um, you have... Julio Urias hopefully getting his ace is going to ace label soon. I mean, it's such a good situation that he's in. The curveball's getting tons of called strikes. It's setting up the fastball well. The changeup's doing everything that you want it to do, getting a lot of strikes and outs and just being all reliable in that way. Yeah, it's really good for Julio Urias as well. Uh, Kodai Senga against the Cardinals. Got the win. Seven innings, one run, two hits, two walks, and five Ks. There's an argument to be made that Senga deserves ace is going to ace for the incredible run that he has been on. And I did not have faith early in the season because I didn't think that when the fork ball was gone, that Senga could be good enough with a four-seamer cutter and slider. Slider's been mediocre. The fastball's not really that good. This was a start where the fork ball only went six strikes total and 13 thrown, only four whiffs. This was not the pitch that really did everything here. It was the cutter, and the cutter was much better here. has been much better recently. Yeah, I got to be moving up Kodai Senga further up the list. This is pretty dang impressive what he's done, especially when the fork ball is in there. I mean, yes, 22% CSW, but that's because he got out some play. Thank you, Cardinals bats. Zach Eflin has been great. I was, again, another guy that was skeptical on early in the season. I didn't really believe like the fancy community did that going to Tampa Bay was all of a sudden going to fix him. It did. And he's been amazing. And it's pretty great. Uh, Matt Manning against the Guardians. Yeah, this is not not, not something you should be leaning in on. Six innings, one hard run, five hits, one walk, two Ks. Zero out of 36 whiffs on all secondary pitches. Sliders, changeups, and curveballs. 93 on the fastball. They were super hittable. The Guardians didn't punish him for whatever reason. No thank you. Carter Crawford did fine against the Yankees. Got the win. The Yankees, blame it on the Yankees. All that kind of stuff. He gets Houston twice and now the Rays. We move on from Carter Crawford. He's not doing something so exceptional to, for me to hold on to him for the next three starts. And we only have six weeks left of the fantasy baseball season. I know. It's amazing. that It's just gone by so fast. It's not great. I'm not saying it's good. It just blows my mind. And here we are. So do not hold on to Carter Crawford. I feel like you should be able to find something else to replace him for those three weeks. I don't want to start for at least two in Tampa Bay. Probably not. That's a very questionable one, too. Uh, Freddie Peralta is also making a case for Ace is going to ace because he's just been so dang good. Uh, for the last seven starts, uh, 37% strike error rate, sub-3 error rate, about one whip. It's crazy. Uh, 5.2 innings, one had run, four hits, two walks, and 11 Ks here. Nearly got the golden gold, too. 22 whiffs, matching Perez's, and 39% CSW, just a little bit less on the rate to compete for that golden goal. But this was against Texas. I mean, this was Texas and the Dodgers for those two guys. Insane, right? The four-seamer was upstairs, and the secondary stuff was getting strikes in downstairs. That was the blue, Blake's on blueprint, which is so weird from Peralta, considering that his nickname was Professor Chaos, a guy who would just chuck things and not actually have intent. Oh, boy. Are we seeing another level of Freddy Peralta? We might be, and this is really, really cool. He gets the Padres next. Honestly, if he dominates them, too, I'm giving him the label. He deserves it. He's just obviously become a different thing. Cole Irvin was a deeper streaming pick for yesterday's games, and guess what? He came through against the Athletics, five innings of one and run, four hits, one walk, and three Ks. He didn't get the win, unfortunately, but good stuff here, and he gets Rocky Road next. I think you want to go with that one. Uh, Justin Steele did good things against the Royals. Six innings, two and runs, six hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts, 13 whiffs, 32% CSW there. 
It wasn't the best command that I've actually seen from him, and I'm kind of waiting for that start where I can say, yes, there it is. But the sub performed really well, and yeah, we're just going to keep starting Steel with a beautiful schedule ahead. Mitch Keller did stupid good things. Uh, six innings, 200 runs, seven hits, one walk. Not great on the ratios part, but 12 strikeouts, 18 whiffs, 39% CSW as well. Oh my gosh. He's a cherry bomb, as I don't know if I can buy in on eight over 31 cutters and four out of 18 uh, sweepers as for whiffs, I should say. So that's 12 whiffs and about 50% of them, which is a 24% swing strike rate between the two of them is excellent. We normally don't see Mitch Keller have that super high swing strike rate on those pitches, right? So really cool to see that. And then he elevated for five four-seamer whiffs as well. What is going on? So I don't know. I hope it's back. I hope it's the command going in. We got to do this, right? We got to lean in. But he's a cherry bomber, maybe. Maybe it's like the Andrew Heaney thing. So up to you what you want to do with Mitch Keller. Uh, Christopher Sanchez has been steady Eddie for you and did it once again against the Nationals. What's cool here, six innings of two runs, seven hits, zero walks, and five Ks, is that Christopher Sanchez's best pitch has been a changeup, and it was gone in this one. It was not good whatsoever in the slider, and the sinker stepped up, and it was cool. And now he gets the Cardinals, and we're still going to do it. And with Ranger Suarez on the IL, Christopher Sanchez, any sort of question mark you had about this, because 78 pitches here, but it was six innings. Yeah, he's still in the rotation. He's got it. All right, we have a lot more to talk about. Logan Gilbert doing well. Uh, you have Braxton Garrett as well, Tanner Bybee, and Merrill Kelly, and so many others after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Logan Gilbert against the, the Astros got the win. Six innings, 200 runs, eight hits, one walk and three Ks. The slider's looking great. The four-seamer is not. Come on! That was the thing, Gilbert. We thought the four-seamer would be there forever. Just get that four-seamer back, please, and don't lose the slider in the meantime. Uh, Chris Bassett against the Reds in Cincinnati got the win because you start him regardless of opponent. It just is what it is with Chris Bassett. Doesn't mean he's an ace. It just means that you just started him regardless of opponent, and it should be fine. Ken Waldachuk against the Orioles got you 7Ks in 5.2 innings, 200 runs, 4 hits, and 3 walks. The sweeper had more moments of success than we've seen in the past. We know how it can work with Waldachuk. It's just four seamers up and sweepers down and glove side. Just do that, kind of like the Justin Steele method, and Waldachuk can be very successful. The problem is I don't really buy his command still. So we don't really know. It's at best a cherry bomb as he gets against, goes against the White Sox for strikeouts, but I think the ratios are still going to be weird. Patrick Sandoval, 4.2 innings with 100 pitches, 10 base runners. Yeah, don't go after Patrick Sandoval. He can't have both the changeup and slider work in a given day. It's just not allowed. They've never been in the same room together. Braxton Garrett against the Dodgers. Six innings of 300 runs. Fine, poor quality start. Five hits, zero walks, six Ks. Wait a second. That's kind of good. 
And the cutter and slider command were better than I've seen for the past month, I think, for Braxton Garrett. I'm back in here. He just survived a two-step against the Astros and Dodgers. The one against the Astros was bad. He did not deserve that good one. It was a good outing result-wise, not good skills-wise, much better here against the Dodgers. And now against the Nationals, I'm going to go after that one because I do want to think that Garrett does have that cutter and slider back. Merrill Kelly against the Padres, 5.1 innings of three and runs, five hits, four walks, three Ks. The changeup wasn't so terrible, but it didn't get the results we really wanted. Only 6% CSW, 50% strikes. He did get some outs with it while it was low, uh, but yeah, just kind of too much stuff over the plate. And, uh, and then also nibbling too much on the edges where batters were lost. It just wasn't a good Merrill Kelly start, right? Um, he's better than this, and uh, he should be moving forward. Uh, Tanner Bybee against the Tigers. Five innings, three hundred runs. You're instantly like, oh, come on, Bybee. But everything else is fine. It was six base runners and six Ks. And the thing about Bybee is I put out this video being like, I'm not that in on him because I don't really think that he's too good of a command specialist. Uh, something he has done is improved his slider. It's a new shape to it. Um, it's a little bit harder as well. And uh, it could mean that you know he just gets away with more because of it. Um, I think that it's kind of weird where the slider command sometimes is good enough, sometimes it's not. The changeup wasn't very good. The curveball wasn't good here. The four-seamer is decent in the top half. Like, it's above average as four-seamer, but it's not like his his colleagues Gavin Williams' four-seamer. So, do I believe in Bybee mostly as a four-seamer slider guy? I'm, I, I guess so. I mean, we're going to keep starting him, but I really don't think that he's as polished as the results have been for your fantasy teams. Does that make sense? I know it's always so weird when I just don't agree with the results that happen and they just keep doing well and everything like that and other people clearly like him. And it's, I know it's not a fun thing. I, I just want to be more sold on the entire approach watching a Bybee start. That's all. Dane Dunning against the Brewers. Five innings, three hundred runs, seven hits, one walk, four Ks. The cutter inside are still good. They weren't overwhelming as we've seen though. And it's not really enough for me to say, oh no, Dane Dunning's bad now. I'm like, no, he's fine. He gets the twins next. I hope to see those uh, you know, twenty percent swing strike rate that you saw in this one on those two pitches again, just a little bit more, like hopefully around like fifty percent usage. Uh Sonny Gray had a careful Icarus as he allowed three and runs in the sixth and then a fourth in the seventh. It's unfortunate because the sweeper was 65% strikes with 35% swing strike rate, and that's really good. So we're just going to keep going with Sonny Graham. Uh, Logan Webb faced the Atlanta Braves, and that's rough, and who cares? We just keep starting Logan Webb. Uh, Brandon Williamson against Toronto, 5.2 innings of forward runs, 9 hits, 1 walk, and 6 strikeouts. He's kind of a discount Toby to me. I mean, he didn't really do anything too poor from a skills standpoint. This changeup was still kind of there, and he gets Arizona and at San Francisco, and then the Mariners in the next three, and that's a much better situation than against the Jays. Do I have to go for it? No. The Diamondbacks could be whatever, and maybe he comes out in a big way against the, the Giants, but it's kind of a limited ceiling, um, and I think also his four-seamer and cutter do give him a good opportunity to get through games uh, when the ball's in play. Um, Kyle Freeland against the White Sox uh, got a win, but yeah, I don't really dig Kyle Freeland, even if he is kind of Doing a decent job of trying to keep his curves and changeups low, but they didn't really work out well. It don't, ugh, just don't do Confreeland. You Darvish introduced curves this time around. 20 of them. Didn't allow a single hit on them. They were good. Uh, he actually, between 40 sliders and curveballs, not including the sweeper, only one hit allowed on them. While he allowed nine hits total, right? So he got singled out here by the Diamondbacks a decent amount. I think we still keep going with him. Uh, this felt like more of a deserving better than we got start than the other ones, which felt a little bit more weird. Uh, Giannis Chirinos, I don't know why he's still starting for Atlanta 
honestly. Foreign runs and four innings. Like you have Winans, you have Soroka, you have AJ Smith Shaver. Like one of these should take his spot. Why is he still here? Brady Singer against the Cubs, 3.2 innings of four and runs, nine hits, two walks, and three Ks. And you think, oh no, here it is. The Vargas rule is over with Singer. No, 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 no. He got singled out. His slider was still beautifully spotted. Uh, Singer got 12 called strikes, 11 whiffs on the slider. Like, it's all there. It's just, you know, baseball. Uh, Tyler Glasnow against the Angels. His slider got absolutely destroyed. Uh, six innings, five and runs, eight hits, zero walks, seven Ks. Like, I'm amazed to see how many hits he allowed on his slider. I think it was six, if not seven. It was ridiculous. Uh, Matt Waldron against the Diamondbacks. He's the only one that throws knuckleballs these days, but it was only 16% usage and the other stuff, the, the fastball and the cutter, whatever. So we don't want to talk about Waldron. Uh, we have Chase Silseth against the Rays. 3.2 innings of five earned runs, five hits, three walks, four Ks. There's been a massive discussion over the past week or two about Cole Reagans versus Silseth. I've been on the Reagans train because Silseth had this start where it was 12 uh, splitter whiffs and nine on the slider. And I didn't think that the splitter whiffs were consistent. Now, in this one, we saw 35 of sliders and splitters combined, and it was 7 for 35 whiffs, right? Which isn't necessarily bad. I mean, that's fine. That's a, what is that, like near 20%? uh, I believe that's a 20% a swing strike rate between them, but here's the but, is that that only sets up like a fastball. Like, you need to have like a good fastball to pair with that. Otherwise, these pitches need to overwhelm for Silseth to be great. I'm not saying that this isn't good enough for you to hold, considering that, I mean, you just dealt with the Astros and you just dealt with the Rays, and we didn't really see the uh, the slider splitter do great things against the Astros. So, uh, you know, maybe he's going to be better against the Mets and the Athletics after this. It's possible. I'm not saying don't hold on to him. I will note, though, Griffin Cannon came in after Silseth for 52 pitches of 3.1 innings, one earned run, five, uh, two hits, one walk, and five Ks, and it was a fastball and slider approach that was pretty dang good I wonder if in two starts Griffin Canning takes it from Silseth we'll see what the Angels do here Jace uh sorry Jace Jesse Schultons in Rockies territory that is in Colorado three innings of five earned runs womp womp unfortunately uh it didn't work out here that said I really liked his pitch separation. He really got those four seamers up and those breaking balls down. Really did the Blake's Stump blueprint. It was just a little too far off. And we've seen that from other guys before where there's a difference between, you know, he had five walks in two Ks and you see that because, oh, he has no command or anything. Not true. He's just nibbling a little too much. There's a huge difference than seeing the shotgun blast of a strike zone plot or those big clumps of precision just not control, right? Control just being inside the zone. So it does make me think that there is actually some sneaky potential here for Jesse Schultons against the Oakland Athletics next time out. I don't know if I'm going to do it for 12-teamers, but I'm, it's just in my, the back of my mind is like, well, actually, maybe he can actually tweak that a little bit and make that work. For Amber Valdez, Garrett Cole, both what the heck. Uh, Garrett Cole, we just like, what are you going to do? He didn't have a slider whatsoever, and that was just terrible yesterday. Um, Miles Michaelis, by the way, just don't stop. Don't don't roster Michaelis, 700 runs, 4.2 innings and against the Mets. Like, yeah, don't do it. But for Amber Valdez, what the heck, right? Like, five innings, 600 runs, 10 hits, two walks, five Ks. He's been really bad for like six starts now, seven of them, where the only respite was that no-hitter. And even in that no-hitter, I was like, that wasn't the best I've ever seen of Valdez. He's relying so much on the sinker and ball, uh, balls in play at this moment. Um, I want to see the curve and cutter get more action. It was nice actually to kind of see some changeups show up yesterday. But it really does feel like 
Everyone's just jumping on the sinker, and the sinker is not a good batted ball pitch. It just isn't. So I feel like there has to be some change here of approach here from Valdez to go away from the sinker and focus more on the cutter and the curve. And you would think that the Astros would lean on that, right? So I wonder where we're going to get. Um, and uh, I think we just got to keep going with it. I mean, gets the Tigers next. Right? you got to start Van Rivaldo's against the Tigers. So we take it start by start from there. All right, looking forward to tomorrow's games. Actually, today's and tomorrow's games. I know they've already started, but I'm just going to talk about them briefly again. Zach Wheeler, Scherzer, and Freed auto starts. Bradish, Hunter Brown. I know Hunter Brown did not do well, so unfortunately that didn't work out. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, Logan Allen, Clark Schmidt, Nick Pavetta. Uh, Kyle Hendricks on that probable start, too. Question will start. Dylan Seas, J.P. Sears, Hunter Green, Shenzhen Ryu and Emerson Hancock. Emerson Hancock left, I believe, with a strained lat. While Hunter Green just got destroyed by the Jays. And I'm probably not going to really care too much about it because it was still ill. And against the Jays, so whatever. This is why we don't activate guys uh, from their first start back. Uh, do not start here is Dakota Hudson, Adrian Hauser, Chris, Chris Flexen, Trevor Williams, Jordan Lyles, Carlos Carrasco, Dallas Keuchel, Jacob Junis, and Osvaldo Bito. Now, tomorrow's starters... So on Monday, Luis Castillo, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola are in my auto start tier. I think that's pretty easy uh, to go with there. You have Lucas Giolito, Jordan Montgomery, Jose Urquidy as the very clear, I think, probable starts. Then you have three others, Bryce Elder, Javier Assad, and Graham Ashcraft. And I thought about putting them in questionable start, but I realized, no, I would actually go with all three of these. Bryce Elder, I think, is a very good Toby with a good win chance against the Mets. He does get really good sinker and slider pitch separations, what we want to see. Javier Assad has been solid for the Cubs. It's their winning games, and it's against Detroit, and good cutters down and good fastballs. Like it, I think it works here. And Graham Ashcraft has been a Vargas rule. as a 217 ERA, I think, over his last seven or nine starts or something. It's kind of wild, and I know it's the Angels, but I feel like if you have Graham Ashcraft, you're going to do it. And that means we have zero questionable starts. Kind of weird to see that with a somewhat filled um, slate. I've never done it for like a full 30 pitchers. This is 20 of them, but still, that's it's kind of wild for me to do that. But yeah, I didn't see anyone that is questionable because in the do not start tier, you have Tanner Houck against the Astros, and that's not something I want to do. It's his first start returning to the rotation. I'm excited about it, but it's the Astros. You don't want to do it. Bailey Falter could be interesting against the Cardinals. But I don't think it's that good. It's not like something that I get excited about. Like, no, you know what? Maybe there isn't really some upside to get. Like, it's just not really worth it to chase. Um, Alex Fajardo against the Cubs. Yes, he had a good slider last time, but the other stuff isn't very good. And it's the Cubs. I don't want to do it. Matthew Libertor just got trounced by the Athletics. Like, no. It's the fastball's back down to 92 and change. I don't want to do it against the Pirates. Johnny Cueto has some magic, but it's against the Padres. Alec Marsh gets the athletics, but it's Alec Marsh. Alec Wood, Alec Wood, Alex Wood might be getting five innings because it's Junis today and then it might be Alex Wood tomorrow. We'll see. Does that make it worse though? Because he wouldn't be in there maybe in the sixth inning when he would get a possible win. I, I, not great. Tuku Desant is a strikeout play against the Mariners, but the ratios are not good. Kyle Muller's returning. I don't know what we're going to see, and the Royals have been kind of a hot bat, and they have Slice Sony and David Peterson gain the Rangers in Atlanta, so no thank you whatsoever for all of those guys. Alright, that is it for today. Make sure you go to playback.tv slash Petros to watch me not only stream in weekday mornings, but also for the list tomorrow starting at 2pm. Also, I should mention, I'm going away to San Francisco in California starting on Thursday. That means my podcasts are going to be coming out um, in the evening, and also the streaming picks. I'm gonna be when it comes to California, I can't be putting these things out as I normally do. It'd be three hours later, and it's already late. So can't do that. Got to do it all the night before, which is gonna be a little less accurate. I'm so sorry. 
I apologize for that, but I'm not going to be waking up at 6 a.m. I'm so I, can't, I just can't live like that <laughs> to have the normal schedule. So but that is it. Uh, my name is Nick Pollock, and may your balance be low and your strike outside. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.